the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Allow me to just uh, honor the Empowerment Hub for the wonderful works you're doing. Um, you're doing wonderful works and you know Florence was so nervous before this I don't think she realizes just how excellent she is so congratulations Uh, you're doing an amazing job Um, thank you yet again to Mr. Dimistani for coming my phone is buzzing I was showing my wife uh, with people who are watching online and they kept saying oh my goodness so incredible so thank you so much and for everybody else, turn to your neighbor and say acknowledge. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about the seven mountains of influence. And we identified seven. We identified the mountain of religion. We identified the mountain of governance. We identified the mountain of family. We identified the mountain of media. We identified the mountain of arts and entertainment. Have I left out one? Which one have I left off? With the mountain of education. And today we're looking at the seventh one, which is the mountain of business. Now, I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3. And I want us to see a certain prophecy that is given. And I believe this prophecy applies to the church. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Let's continue. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Next verse. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, the concept of a market is any structure that allows buyers and sellers to exchange any type of goods, services, and information. So when we talk about the market, we're not just talking about that one. (laughs) Praise God. Because when we say go dominate the marketplace, that market is very important, but sometimes people think that's the only one we're speaking of. There are other markets, praise God. But essentially, that's the concept of a market. It has existed perhaps since the existence of time. And it's the reason why we've got a means 
like money. It's vast. And the whole essence why everyone is there is because they all want money. They all do. Okay? If there's any person here who doesn't want it, you are free to receive it for your neighbor and you can bring it to us. <laughs> now, what's the reason why they want it? Uh, Ecclesiastes 10.19. I can tell you as a pastor that perhaps 70% of the prayer requests I receive are economical. Perhaps 70. Sometimes more. Now, I'm not saying people don't pray about other things, but when it comes to matters to do with the earth, there are a lot of issues that would be addressed if economical things are addressed. Now, look at Ecclesiastes 10.19. It says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. That's interesting. <laughs> so now that shows you that um, there are certain signs and wonders that we can do financially. And you know, I'll give you a personal example. There is somebody, I, I'll mention it because they had posted it. I got a text one time from someone who was stuck. I think it was some months ago. Like I said, this one I'm mentioning because they posted it. I didn't ask them to, but they did. And between them and writing their exams was a difference of a 200 kwacha. Now, it may not mean anything to another person, but then for them, their education would have been cut off or would have been short-circuited because there was a 200 kwacha standing in between. Something like that. And I just so happened to have it, so... I think me or my wife sent it to them. And oh my goodness, they couldn't stop sending me messages and thanking me. The results came out and they passed. They couldn't stop sending me messages. Because that 200 quarter for them changed their life. It's the reason they're in third year or they're in fourth year or something like that. What am I trying to say? There are certain signs and wonders that you can do with money. It can literally change a person's life. It can change a person's life. That's why people freak out when they win the lottery and all those things because then they are seeing a life changing. There are certain things that money has been designed to answer and it's in the scriptures. Now, Jesus gave quite a lot of counsel about money and let me show you one that he gave. He calls it mammon, right? Now look at Luke 16, verse 9. Luke 16, verse 9. He says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Jesus was given a parable of a certain man who got away with doing some funny dealings um, he was, it's called the parable of the shrewd man. The man knew how to use money wisely. And through money, he gained favor among people who helped him when he had done a few wrong things. And Jesus actually teaches based on that man and says, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. Imagine that. So this is a sphere that we shouldn't be afraid to step into and dominate. 
I hope somebody is hearing me. You know, money is interesting. People do all sorts of things with it. People do all sorts of things with it. There are people who have taken advantage of others because they have the money. There are people who have um, caused others perhaps to sell their bodies because they have the money that that person needs or they have the job that that person needs or they have the business that that person needs. And I've come to realize that the only solution is for believers, people with the right heart, people with the right mind to rise in these fields and actually use it correctly and appropriate it rightly. There are certain problems that will only be caused when you are the one who steps into that position. There are some of you listening to me who need to be that influential person. Because by that, by nature of that influence, you may end up being the one saving that entire village or that entire life. By nature of that influence, you may end up being the one to provide opportunities to the right people. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain people who need to be influential in all sectors. But today, let's talk about this one. <laughs> Praise God. Now, how many of you believe that you are blessed? Now, included in the package of God's blessing is money. It's included in the package of God's blessing. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. And you know, when you want to understand God's dealings, you can try and observe the way he dealt with the nation of Israel. When God covenanted with the nation of Israel, have you noticed that their wealth was involved? God never left out their economic sustenance. Have you ever read the blessings in Deuteronomy 14? Have you, in Deuteronomy, have you observed that the blessings, majority of them are, as in the blessings reached a point to even their gods not having miscarriages. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I want us to look at Proverbs 10.22. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Take time to study the blessings. It's Deuteronomy 28. Take time to study the blessings in Deuteronomy 28. You'll notice you're blessing your going. You're blessing your coming. You're needing. Even the stuff they were using for sowing was blessed. And the blessing had to do with fruitfulness. So notice, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Praise God. Abraham is one of the first people to have experienced the blessing. He passed down that blessing to Isaac. What does the Bible tell us about Isaac? Look at Genesis 26. Look at verse 13. Let's start from verse 12. Then Isaac 11, maybe for context, I want you to see something. If you had to read, he's in a foreign land. Maybe I don't want to go too far back. And there was a famine in that period. Now, in that famine, Isaac decided to do something radical. Observe what he did. Verse 12. 
Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Now, it seems to me, ladies and gentlemen, that when you study this scripture, you will notice that the first part of what he experienced, according to God, he's not even yet blessed him. There, it's just the earth responding to the fact that when you sow into it, it gives you back. No, I, I want us to look at the scripture today. Notice, Isaac, it's a time of a famine. And the guy realizes, look, if I don't plant, I won't eat. And he decided to sow in the period of a famine. And when he sowed, he ripped a hundredfold. And God says, okay, I like that. And the Bible says God blessed him. Look at the next verse. Then the, the man began to prosper. You're thinking, what, what was he doing before? The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And what's the next thing that we notice? For he had possessions. So meaning his prosperity was seen in his possessions. He had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. You cannot talk about the blessing of God and not talk about the blessing of prosperity. And that's why we're talking about the believer in the marketplace because that's where it's found. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain notes that I'll send in the church group where I give a detailed explanation of people's concepts concerning money, what God says about money. Um, people speak about Jesus and they say, but our Savior. But then if they've read the scriptures, it says, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who although being rich, he became poor for your sakes that you might be rich. So that through his poverty, you might be rich. And he's not talking about spiritual richness. Otherwise, you would have become spiritually poor. So now, <laughs> those are in the scriptures. But for today, I just want to encourage us on one thing because we've heard so much during the week. Now, we've identified that the blessing brings wealth. But one may ask themselves, and in the notes, you'll see a few things. How, although Jesus was born in a manger, have you ever wondered what the financial capacity Who's ever traveled to a foreign land? Raise your hand. How expensive is it to live in a foreign land? Have you ever noticed that we don't hear of that mere frankincense and <laughs> that was brought? We don't hear that Joseph passed it down to, to the Lord Jesus. How do you think they survived in Egypt? Let's not say much. But have you noticed that he was given a gift? Then when you go on, have you noticed that Jesus' ministry was thriving because there were people financing it? If you read from Luke 8. And it says from their substance. Meaning although at some point we see him removing fish, uh, a coin from fish, that was not their usual method. Have you observed that for Jesus to be buried, it was a rich man? who had the influence to go to Pilate and say, give me his body. And it corresponds with Isaiah 53, which says he will make his grave with the rich, with the wicked, and with the rich he will be buried. Have you observed that the early church had finances? 
How do I know? Because the early church was not just gathering on one day. They were living together. They literally had their own cities and communities. And people would sell possessions and stuff like that. That means that the early church was backed by finances. There was a financial backing to the early church. If you study church history, have you ever noticed that mission work has always been backed not just by passion but by finances? Mission work has been backed by finances. The, there are some churches in Zambia which are even considered places of UNESCO heritage. What do you think built them? Why do you think they were built? Have you noticed that there is no ministry that grows beyond their financial backing? There is no ministry that grows beyond that. And we need to come to a place where we are the ones going to the West and not waiting for them to send us uh, Bibles and pens and toys. We should be sending toys to some of these countries. <laughs> you know, some of them need what we have. But we need to come to a place of a certain level in the marketplace because that's the place that most of us neglected. But remember, Adam was put in a field. Now, the believer's way of doing it, and it's just something I want to highlight very quickly. I want, I want us to see a few scriptures, just two or three. Number one, let's look at Luke 6, verse 38. I want us to identify two principles from it. The Bible says, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Uh, let me have the King James, the authorized King James, please. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, as believers, and I think we've explained the principle of our tithes and our offerings, it's one system that we know God has given to us, right? And I think we've taken a lot of time to explain it. So as believers, we give. But then, beyond that, I want you to see the latter part of the scripture. It says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. The challenge that most people have is they've not created a platform for men to give into their bosom. Let me say that one again. The challenge that many people have is that they've not created a platform for men to give unto their bosom. Notice, as supernatural as we know God is, and he is, and I myself have experienced quite a number of supernatural things, but the platform that he has ideally created is that men should give unto our bosom. Now, scripturally, the easiest way for men to give into our bosoms is for us to create a platform for it. This platform is created when we sell something. For example, even that person that's working at the bank is selling their services at a price. 
I mean, it's not like you desire to go there every day from 8 to 17. <laughs> if it were up to you, <laughs> you'd be home. So you're making a trade-off, right? You're trading your mental faculties. You're trading what you spent all those years studying. And at the end of the day, you're being given something in return. But for a number of people, what they're given in return may not be what they value themselves at. But what God has created for us believers is the ability to create our own platforms for men to give unto our bosom. Look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 from verse 1 to 2. It says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find that after many days, give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. I want us to look at it from maybe the NLT or something. It explains it a bit better. Give generously for your gifts will return to you later. Next verse. Divide your gifts among many, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. As believers, give me the amplified, just amplified. Give a portion to seven. Yes, divide it to eight. For you know not what evil may come upon the earth. Go back to verse one. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. He says, give a portion to seven. Yes, to eight. One of the things believers must learn to do is to create multiple streams in which we can receive something. Multiple streams in which we can receive something. I was talking to a certain young lady not long ago, and for a while I knew that she had challenges with school. So one time she tells me she's finally managed to go to school. So I said, oh, did they manage to pay? I said, no, I paid for myself. I said, how? And she said, the businesses I do. I said, which business are you specialized in? She says, everything. <laughs> for her, whatever she finds her hands to sell, she sells it. And the person ended up paying for themselves at a very good institution, which costs a high price. They found ways to invest. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to start creating platforms for men to give into our bosom. Remember the fish and the loaves. The boy, by virtue of having the fish and the loaf to give to Jesus, created a platform for Jesus to multiply something. Don't you remember Jesus ask, uh, the Lord asking Moses, saying, what is in your hand? And the guy had a staff. And God used that staff to do something amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's create platforms. And I'm glad many of us have already seen one of them. Because education is one of the platforms that you can create. That, that you can use. One advantage education gives you is that perhaps you've got a better you know, push when it comes to, let's say, something like getting a job. 
And after you get it, for those who manage to, even the finances that you have, use them wisely. Find ways to create platforms. Not everyone might be like, you know, everybody else. Not everyone has got, you know, not everyone is like everybody else, like I say. But we can find platforms. We can find ways to network and increase our sources of income. It's something that the body of Christ needs. When I was meditating today, I was asking myself a question. Am I using my abilities to the best? You've read in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 where it says, you shall remember your God who gives you the ability to create wealth. To what extent am I using it? To what extent am I using it? Now someone may say, Pastor, that's some nice stuff, but where do I start from? Start from where you are. Start from where you are. Allow me to show you one portion of scripture. And that's, it will be our last for today. Second Kings 4 from verse 1. Start from where you are. And whatever you find for your hands to do, do it passionately. Do it with everything. Start from where you are. When I started pastoring, allow me to share this before we go there. When I started pastoring, I'd already been doing ministry for some time. And I think my message was very consistent. You all knew the same sermon I would preach every conference, right? What was my sermon always about? So I had one message and I was very good at it. And I stuck to it. But then when I began pastoring, I was praying one time and I was saying, God, like, what's, what's this now? Like, what direction do you want me to take? And there's a portion of scripture he gave me which may answer questions as to why we do ministry the way we do at COL. Can I show it to you quickly before we go to this last one? Those of you who've heard me talk about it, it's what, what, what book? Hey! Where are the forerunners? <laughs> Those who are in all the meetings, what happened? It's been swallowed up by mountains of influence. <laughs> Go to Mark 6. I just want you to understand a little bit of why we do it as we do. Mark chapter 6, are you there? Praise God. <laughs> you guys have made me laugh. Mark 6. And I want you to give me verse 32. When I say it, pastoring, this is a scripture God gave me. Mark 6 verse 32. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Next verse. But the multitude saw them departing and many knew him and ran there on foot. Hmm. From all the cities they arrived before them and came together to him. Let's go on. But Jesus, and Jesus, when he came and saw a great multitude, notice this, was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So the scripture God gave me when I was starting to pastor is learn how to teach 
many things. Because pastoring has to do with catering for all the needs that people have. And in case you wanted to know, that's why I study a lot, including studying teaching. Usually when I go into class and the lecturer asks, hey, pastor, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here for the members. <laughs> no, you know why? The, the, the modern day pastor is a bit interesting because it's sort of like you become like a life consultant. Like someone just budge in your office, pastor, I have 350 pin, what should I do? <laughs> I hope you're getting my <laughs> Okay, let's look at our final scripture. And this is an encouragement to you, please. 2 Kings 4. And you know, even as I'm sharing, those ideas that you'll be getting right now, those ideas for networking, those ideas for partnership, those ideas for pioneering, because sometimes the challenge people have is that they all want to pioneer. Sometimes you may not be the one who pioneers. You may be the one who partners. You may be the guy in the background. Now, it says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. That's a very scary scripture because it means you can be anointed but broke. The man was anointed, but there was a challenge. And that challenge ended up affecting his family. And so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? So Elisha recognizes that this is an economic situation. And then rather than a once in a moment handout, Elisha recognizes that perhaps with what is there in this person's house, something sustainable can come about. And I believe those are the ideas that God will be giving us today. Things that will sustain us. Things that will sustain generations. But he said, what do you have in your house? My friend, what, what is that skill that you have? What is that ability that you have? What is that paper that you have? I don't know if somebody is hearing me. What do you have with you? What do you have with you? And you may not know it. For some of you, what you have is your voice. When you speak, mountains melt. <laughs> yeah? Rather than using that voice to confuse all the ladies in Osaka, why don't you just <laughs> do one or two voiceovers? Go tell the, go tell the company, when I speak, people buy. <laughs> Praise God. So the question is, what do you have? And then, she said, your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. That, can you imagine she called that jar of oil nothing? Sometimes we look down on what God has given us. We look down on the skills God has given us. We look down on the abilities God has given us. We look down on the networks God has given us. We look down on everything we have. What, some, some of us are thinking, what can become of me? Do you know who I am, where I'm from, and what's between me and poverty? <laughs> Praise God. And then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Go on. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons. 
then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the four ones. Uh -huh. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Let's go on. Now it came to pass that when the vessels were full that she, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. The oil only ceased when the vessels were done. Let's continue. Someone's catching it. <laughs> and then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt that you and your sons live on the rest. This lady comes to Elisha. Elisha asked her what she had. And then afterwards, he tells the lady to utilize her networks because she was told to go get vessels from other places. She was told to go get vessels from others and from her neighbors. In doing that, what is she doing? She's utilizing her networks. So the strength of her networks gets her, we don't know how many vessels it got her. And the oil, something supernatural starts happening. God didn't say, okay, let her go sleep and then when she wakes up in the morning, she'll find all the oil full. No. He told, her, he told her to put it to work. So as she's putting it to work, God's grace starts manifesting. And as his grace is manifesting, the oil keeps increasing. The oil keeps increasing. And to the extent to which she had vessels, the oil kept increasing. And by the time she was done, she had an established business. <laughs> and God says, go sell pay your debt, so please if you are in debt pay it once even as the Lord is, rise, is lifting you don't forget those that you are owing I promise to pay the bearer <laughs> and then he says pay your debt and then you and your sons live on the rest God was thinking sustenance praise God are we ready for such amazing miracles now, for us to put them in place, what must we do? We must find what to do. And whatever we do, we do it with passion. We do it with excellence. We do it with faith, knowing that the God we serve is able to work out situations and grow us to the place that he wants us to be at. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a world to save. We've got a world to save. You guys know that... Um, I had, I've done a bit of ministry work in Kenya. And the interesting questions that the pastors would ask me that side, before me they had invited a Zambian pastor and their church budget for the whole year was finished because of his demands. Now we've got a system in which we do things, right? And there's quite a lot that we cutted for ourselves. And when they would ask me if there's anything I want, guess what I would reply? I would say, those mangoes look so fresh. Can you get me some? And it was very deliberate. Something that it showed me is that we've got a world to save. But to save that world, we need to rise in terms of our financial capacity. And God has given us platform for that. Imagine someone out there will believe God is real because you'll be the one to pay those school fees. Imagine, they prayed to God for school fees and then God answered by saying, you go and do it. 
No wonder it says he who gives the poor lends to the Lord. Because when we reach places where we can influence with money, we're actually answering prayers on behalf of God. And God says, wow, that's my child. I believe this is something we should take a very strong approach to. This is something we must be bold in. And I must mention one final thing. Even as we are a church that encourages networking, and that encourages, we all know Vision 2024 for our church. Even as we are a church that encourages networking, even as we've encouraged you to put value on yourself, you also put value on what everybody else is doing. Imagine if, imagine if we could all do that. Imagine if none of us is trying to dupe the other person. The last thing I should hear of in my office is that any of you duped the other guy. Or that you keep telling them Mutengo Yaku Church. No. Matter of fact, you even add Mbasela. That's your Mutengo Yaku Church. Praise God. <laughs> I hope somebody is hearing me. We'll speak the blessing in a moment. I would like every eye closed just for one minute. Now I would like to ask, ladies and gentlemen, there are some here who may have come to the end of themselves. And Jesus said, and I'm paraphrasing, that there is no purpose gaining the whole world if we're going to lose our souls. So I would like to request for anyone here who's saying, Pastor, before anything, I want to confess Jesus as my Lord and I want to be born again. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus said, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Some of us may have been walking in the right path when we were younger, but perhaps somewhere we've lost it. Even if you're in that position, the Lord Jesus is here, and you have an opportunity to rededicate your life to the Lord. Now, as I call this protocol, I ask that if you're debating within yourself, it's usually you. Don't worry about how you will change or anything. We'll help you. We've got the tools for that. So if you'd like to confess Jesus as Lord today, raise your hand and raise it up high. I'm seeing the hands. Just raise them and raise them high. I see the hand. Raise it, raise it high. As I stated, for some it may be a rededication. If that's your case, raise your hand as well. Don't say you do it from your seat do it publicly I see those hands those who've raised their hands just stand and come to the altar stand and come to the altar this is why we do this come to the altar come, come, come come, some of you may have not raised your hands but you know this is you, come to the front come to the front as well Wow, wow, wow. Welcome, 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 welcome. Come, come, come to the altar. I see that, brothers. Well, come, please. Come, come, come. Come, please. Is there anybody else? I can come get you myself if you would want. Anyone else who's saying, Pastor, wait for me as well. I also want to confess to Jesus. Just raise your hand, please. Is there anybody else? Then why? Wonderful. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Please lift your hands. I can see some of you are in tears. I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess that you came on earth, you died, you were buried, and you rose again. And today, I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Congratulations. Now I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the God who is able to keep you from falling will keep you standing firm in Jesus' name. Our team would like to see you for a moment. Wonderful. I would like us all to just take a minute to pray concerning the sermon and just pray and just ask God for multiplied grace and increased grace. Declare that you are that faithful steward who will use every resource that the Lord has given you. Some of us may be having challenges with our businesses, challenges with our work, challenges with employment. Just take a moment and pray. Remember, he is our heavenly father. The Bible says your father knows that you need these things. So even as you've set your heart to seek first the kingdom of God, just take a moment to pray. Your father knows that you need these things. He knows that you need these things. Oh God in heaven, come through for your people. Come through for your people, oh God. Come through for your people. We pray in the name of Jesus. Bless them with ideas. Bless them with the right connections. Bless them with the right finances. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who've been seeking employment. That in the name of Jesus, you bless them with employment. I pray in the name of Jesus for those who've been seeking to expand on the marketplace. That in the name of Jesus, you, you increase their territory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even as your word says that you have blessed us with all spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We pray, oh God, may this blessing be manifest. Father, I pray for the city of the Lord Church. May this church be known as that ministry. That ministry in which people are raised. In which people are equipped. I pray may the winds of money. You who have said that silver is mine. Gold is mine. I pray in the name of Jesus. May that be manifest by the kind of believers we produce in this place. Thank you Lord. Even as we are ending the seven days of the mountains of influence. We pray in Jesus name that you grow us in all our spheres of influence. Lord, in accordance to those fears that we've been coding, raise governmental leaders amongst us. Raise educators amongst us. Raise pastors amongst us. Raise people who dominate media amongst us. Raise those who dominate music, who dominate arts, who dominate the movie industry, who dominate all the industries. Raise them amongst us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. Raise top professionals amongst us. Those who will be the best in their corporate space. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Raise top businessmen amongst us. Thank you in Jesus' name. And we vow to give you all the glory and all the adoration. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I would like us to give our offerings.
We're slightly behind time, so I'd like us to do it quickly. Let's put the offering baskets. Father, we thank you for these offerings. They are blessed. Now remember, next week is Partnership Sunday. We have it every three months, and it will be something amazing and wonderful. Let's give our offerings, please, and we do the blessing. Ashers, please direct the people to a basket near them. I thought by now you'd have started. Wonderful. Wonderful. Praise God. Those who've been following us online, the Lord bless you as well. Let's just speak the blessing of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand now as your servant and I speak your blessing over your people. I declare in the name of Jesus that they are blessed in their going in. They are blessed in their going out. They are safe on the roads in Jesus' name. They are safe even as they do their endeavors. In the name of Jesus, we declare that there is preservation. There is preservation. Protect their bodies, O oh God, from sickness and protect them from harm. We declare in the name of Jesus that you who is able to sustain and keep them so spirit and body, they are sustained in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, may this be that week where that one who's been waiting for their moment, that one who's been waiting for that breakthrough, that one who's been waiting for, for their time and chance, as you have said in your word, may this be that week of multiplied opportunities for time and chance. In the name of Jesus, they are blessed in their homes. They are blessed in their schools. They are blessed in their workplaces. They are blessed in their businesses. They are blessed in everything that they do. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, tell five people, may his favor. You're all seated. I thought you're supposed to go around and tell five people. May his presence go before you and behind. Within you, he is Together, the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook 